Up, 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 up. Don't run me over, girl. Easy. Big tank. Hello everyone, this is Trish. Today we have Roy with Roy Mostly Farms and I'm so happy he's here. Hey Roy. Hey, how you doing Trish? Thank you for being here. Thank you I for know having I've been, I've been asking you and you've been such a busy guy, but um, I wanted you here because you have an awesome operation going with your vegetable and pig a program is it a program or is it basically a business yes free to pig operation can you tell us more about it um yeah uh basically what we try to do is we hit the market of trying to supply people that don't necessarily want to try to run a breeding herd or incur the cost of running a breeding herd or just having to deal with fair and period so um we start big groups of feeder pigs we breed them get them going and send them off to the farmers and they buy them and then they grow them out and use them for, you know, butcher purposes for their clients or whoever they're selling to. Okay. Is this something that you have to nourish and grow or can someone jump right into this type of a uh, hog and pig farming? No, the uh, farin is the breeding and farin is really the hardest part. I mean, the, the growing is its own challenge. It has its own set of challenges, but um, the farin is the most important part. Um, what you do to that sow while she's toting those pigs through her gestation is going to determine what type of pig that you have in the end, you know, what type of meat quality you have. So like the person that's doing the breeding got to know, you know, what kind of genetics you need, you know, what kind of markets are you trying to hit? What do you want that meat to look like in the end? And you also would just um, running the sows, having the, running a breeding herd, um, what it takes to feed them and take care of all of those sows all the way through their gestation. That's the most important part. Which breeds are the best to um, grow for hog farming? That, that's a loaded question. Um, you can start a, a fight or argument amongst hog farmers about what's the best breed. Um, I just tell people whatever breed is best for, for what you're doing. Um, for us, we use a lot of old line, genetics um we've done some crossing with old line and new line genetics um to try to increase like litter sizes and that type of thing but a lot of your old breeds were renowned for the taste you know and the type of meat quality that they had you know which is totally different from the type of hog that's being bred 
that we eat on a commercial scale out of the store now. So, um, you know, it's just about finding the balance of what you need. Um, just finding that balance of what you need and just taking the time out, you know, to really put all those pieces together. It's almost like putting a puzzle together. So um, we run a Berkshire base. Um, we use O-line Duroc. We use commercial cross blue butts, large mm-hmm. butts. And just over the years of just refining that and, you know, getting it to a certain point, we got what we got now. Okay. So basically, you just need to do your research and find the breed that's best for you, depending on what you want to do. Exactly. Whatever type of market you have, because that's what people mess up. You know, if you're going into the charcuterie market where you're going to be messing with high-end restaurants that need a certain type of meat, you know, for the charcuterie boards, you're not going to go out and get a super lean haul. You know, that's not... Mm -hmm. You know, you, so you, I just tell people you got to figure out what your market is first and then build a hog for your market. Even if that take, even if that means taking more than one breed to build what you need. So, yeah, I noticed yeah. like in the, the cattle um, farming, they have an age limit before they actually um, process it. Is it the same way with hogs? Yes. Um, like the meat that you buy at the store is, um, what they consider a top haul, uh, 230 to 275 pounds, um, which the commercial people are getting them there way faster than they used to. Mm-hmm. You know, in five months now, that pig is already that size. Um, so uh, you have barbecue hogs, which will be around like 80 to 100 pounds. So it's kind of just all in, you know, what size you need for what you're doing. So it's not about the age, it's about the size. Yes, yeah, with the size with pigs because they grow so much faster than a cow. Mm. You know, take, you know, that 14, 15 months to get that cow that size. Like I say, in six to eight months, you know, you mm-hmm. already pig to that size he needs to be. And anything after that, pigs lay down, they uh, grow different from cows. And the fact that once they re- reach their limit and that size that they need to be, anything after that is mostly fat. So you're kind of wasting money to keep feeding them past that some people do the 300 pounds or a little you know a little above that size but mm-hmm. anything that if you're not growing that female out to be a replacement mom or something like that you you know it'd be time to go ahead and harvest them or part ways with them at that size all right so as far as you Roy why hogs um my granddad had hogs cows and chickens when I was growing up my grandma actually sold brown eggs um and like I said, we had cows, hogs, and we row crop, did vegetables. I I just always been fond of pigs. I just kind of always been drawn to them, you know. Um, that that's always been my favorite farm animal ever since I was a little boy. Like I I like raising cows and chickens and stuff too, but mm-hmm. pigs, you know, and it, pigs ain't for everybody. You know, a lot I've seen a lot of people try to get started with pigs and mm-hmm. animal that you have to be patient with and learn about before you just jump into it you know that's why i tell when you're starting out don't just try to get a bunch of them and start out you know maybe start with a couple and learn a pig you know before you go diving into it like that i know that your pigs look a little spoiled to me they roaming on all this land and free i don't see (laughs) any fences or anything they are but they aren't um we, we have fences and all to keep them contained we do a lot of rotational grazing so they're all the time being moved to different pastures and fresh pastures, you know, um, 
Right now, we're on a two-week rotation. Mm -hmm. This trying to break our pastors down even smaller and go to a week weekly rotation where every week they're moved to a different pastor and we, you know, just run them around in a cycle. And it keeps the grass more healthy and the pigs more healthy. You don't have mm -hmm. like parasite buildup or anything like that when you keep a move on the line of kind of the way that you do cattle. But they have to work. Um, a lot of the genetics, like in these commercial houses now, those pigs are built to be confined and fed high protein for high production. Mm. Well, that is, you're putting them outside. You know, when you put them outside, that's a totally different world from being having to go forage and pick up a lot of your nutrition and all naturally, mm -hmm. you know, and fed to you in a feed, you know, and me bringing different feed stuffs to the farm, you know, we utilize everything, all of our vegetable trash, like when we finish greens and cabbages and all of that, anything that we don't use go it gets fed to the pigs. Um, squash, because you grow vegetables too, right? Yes, and vegetables is a big part of our operation. So mm -hmm. any trash goes to the pigs. We go as far as when we finish with a vegetable, we go through and pick everything off of the field that we can, and we take it back and feed that to the pigs. Anything that was left over, we right. feed that also. Yeah. Is it expensive, or does the vegetable growing helps? Um, yeah, the, the vegetable growing itself is expensive uh, just with um, labor, labor costs with vegetables because there's not a lot of machines to do all of the jobs or at the scale that I'm at, you know, to be able to afford those machines. So it's a lot of hand labor as far as harvesting and that type of thing. So that's what makes the vegetable side kind of expensive. Um, it kind of helps not to have that wastage where other farmers would lose a crop, you know, if it got any kind of disease in it or they weren't able to pick it on time or frost bit it and they would have to throw that away and have a complete loss where me having the pigs is kind of like I recycle and I get some of my money back so I don't completely use that vegetable trash that we feed out you know those trailers we haul in might feed them for three days you know or four days that we don't have to really give them anything else for supplement so okay. on that, you know I get some type of return out of it. All right, so if somebody wanted to get started in pig farming, I heard you say just get a few pigs, get to learn the pig, get to know the pig, and yeah. just start off with a few, a few meaning what, maybe two or three? Yeah, like if you know, if you just want to have, say, some pigs for you, the butcher for your family, or if you're trying to do like homesteading, you know, mm -hmm. I would get maybe two and grow those out together. Out, don't, don't start with one, get two. If you're going to grow them out, you know, they do better there. They're gregarious creatures and they love to be around other pigs and people. Mm -hmm. They got personality. So, I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll grow better and do way better if you at least have two of them. All right. So, so that, not, not one, but more than one. Yeah. But just get a couple to start out with, grow them out, see what it takes to grow them out, how much speed that way you can get on the, the number side and really learn and see how much feed it actually took you, you know, to grow that pig and that mm -hmm. type of thing. So, yeah. And okay. then uh, you can move up the next year after that. If you say, okay, that wasn't bad. You know, I can have two pigs. So then move into five or whatever you need. Or then if you're wanting to raise breeding stock, you know, you can start off with raising you a pair. If you want to get a boar or, you know, a boar in the south and then raising them and actually getting the chance to raise them up before, instead of just going out buying breeding stock that's ready to breed. Okay. So, you want to then after that you want them to get to a three hundred and sixty-five pounds. 
how much should they weigh before? No, if you want to just butcher them out, um, like for your family or something, between that top hog size would be about 230 to about 275. Okay. But what if you don't have a scale to weigh? How can you tell? Do you go by age? You can go, you can monitor the month. You can, but that's not always necessarily because, you know, everybody got to learn, you know, as far as that feeding curve, because some people might get pigs and not exactly be feeding them right and it stunt, do what they call stunting them. Yeah. And it might be a month behind or two months yeah. behind, feed that pig an extra month or two months to get into that same size. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you can kind of indicate off of, off of the months that you, you know, yeah yeah so as far as um what's the right word is it i don't want to say the word slaughter can we say harvest does that mean the same thing yeah, that's what we say most time we say harvest when you take them to harvest. so when it's time to harvest um do you do it um yeah we do do some and we have done some but like far as what our retail sell, it has to go through a USDA certified facility. Mm -hmm. So we, I have to haul my pigs like three hours to a facility um, to get them um, butchered and uh, we'll harvest it as we say. <laughs> and um, they take care of all of that. It comes back packaged with my farm name and all of that stuff. And I, I pay for that service. So, but okay. that way everything's right on my end and I can turn around and do retail sale. So commercially, you do need uh, USDA certified paperwork? Yes, if you want to try to resell it. Now, if you're just getting some pigs butchered for yourself personally, uh, we call them mom and pop um, butcher shops. You can take it to them and it'll come back wrapped like in the white paper and it'll have not for retail sale on it, which is mm -hmm. fine. That's your family. So, um, But if you're trying to resell and get into all of that kind of stuff, it has to go through a USDA certified facility. Okay. So besides going through the facility, is there any other paperwork involved? No, that's the main thing. Like it going through that process is going to take care of everything. You're going to have your paperwork on the pig, mm -hmm. everything you know, where it was inspected, all of that is going to be in your paperwork. So when you get it and you come back and get your meat process, you know, you come back and pick up your meat, all of that's in there. So, so basically each pig that you sell needs to be inspected. Yeah, if it's going to be retail sale, if you're going to mm -hmm. send it out to sell to somebody else, yeah. How do you get it inspected, though? Who does that? They do that at the solder facility. That's what I'm okay, saying. Okay, yeah, it's a one-stop shop. Yeah, they have there. They, everything's done there. They have That's a site inspector that has to look at that meat. When that animal is killed, it has to be inspected. And once it's busted up, uh, took down and um, de-gutted and all of that, they have to inspect that carcass to make sure there's no deformities, no sign mm -hmm. of disease all of that kind of stuff so that's what i'm saying that take care of everything i'm glad to know that because i definitely plan on buying some of your sausages so everybody listening there is a ray mosley sausage out roy. there yeah see how i be messing up people name all day roy <laughs> i'm going to say roy mosley farm sausage so what else do you um sell and process um we have breakfast sausages link sausages and bacon is our main thing. And then um, we used to do all of the cuts, but now the only way you get in all of the cuts is if you buy a half pig or mm -hmm. a whole, which we offer um, a whole pig for $1,000 and a half mm -hmm. a pig for $600. Mm -hmm. 
But that's when you say um, a whole pig, it's already cut up. Yeah, that's a whole pig process or a half pig process already. That pay for your processing, everything. When that pig comes back to you, it'll be a whole pig how you want it. You'll tell me if you want, you know, how thick you want your pork chops to be, all of that stuff, your your ribs out of them, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, roast and stuff cut out of your ham, mm -hmm. and um, your bacon, all that stuff. You want jowls. You, you tell me how you want your pig. I give you a sheet of all of what you can get, and you tell me how you want the pig. What would then, fill up a, a freezer? Will one pig fill up a freezer? Oh, yeah. One one pig is enough to feed a family, I mean, for a while. I mean, I have some people that come. I have one lady um, that is her and her daughter, and they come get one every year. Um, I have another family that come and get two about two pigs a year. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a family, two families that come get a whole pig together, and they just take a half. You know, so if you got like a chest freezer just for you, mm -hmm. if you want to have, we'll put you enough meat where you could come in there and get breakfast sausages, link sausages, bacon, pork chops, roast, whatever you want out of your freezer. So, okay, I definitely, I'm definitely interested in getting um, some. But I have a, a not so smart question, but it's something that I've always wondered: what part of the pig is the bacon? Um, the stomach. No, it's, don't say that. Yeah, the smoked pork belly. They yeah, that's they do that and then cut. It's cut in the bacon. Mm -hmm. The stomach. It, we we yeah, I mean, not not like the intestinal stomach, like the not not that. Oh okay. Like the belly, the belly of the pig. I should put it like that, not the stomach, the belly. That would be a better way to put it. Like when you see fresh pork bellies and all that stuff, mm -hmm. bacon pork belly that's been smoked or however you um, wanted to cure it and then sliced in the bacon so basically you they they cut the belly of the pig smoke it and then that's bacon yeah it's so the it's way that that part of the body lays down fat every part of the body don't do that that's why the bacon mm. is is it's the fat and the meat like that it's the way that that part of him lays down the meat that's what makes bacon unique i love bacon and I'm just now finding out I'm eating the, the belly of the pig. Yeah. <laughs> mm -mm. You know what? That's why it's not good to know everything. Some no, things you just you just don't need to know. No, there ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's so it's like the more you know, the more responsible you have to be. Yeah. So I, I shouldn't have never asked. Because I was planning on <laughs> cooking me some bacon today. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Roy, so you've seen every part of a pig. Yeah, me and my, uh, when I was young, uh, my granddad, we, uh, for our family every year, we was, I thought everybody grew up like that. Where I grew up in my small town, um, we butcher like 10 pigs uh, every year for the family. And they come down. Atlanta, Savannah, and we uh, we do a whole hog killing where the men, we would actually, you know, shoot the pigs, bring them out with the tractor, bring them in. We would roll them in, uh, in the water and de-hair them. And then we have a station set up where it went from that pig walking around to the, that morning to the afternoon. You know, it's been cut up into everything. And my grandma and them making sausages and all of that kind of stuff and cracklings and all of that to that afternoon us actually eating you know some of the pig fresh you know don't get no fresh in that the store can't mm -hmm. even get no fresh in that you know 
to everybody having coolers of meat of everything to take back with them. That's wealth. Yeah, that's wealth just, right that, there. That, that, yeah, that meant a lot. I mean, that was neat. You know, I didn't understand the value of it until I got older, but you know. I can't even get two dollars from my family, let alone a whole cooler of a of some meat for my family. Oh yeah, my granddad that's, did that. That's well. Yeah, we did vegetables for the family. Everybody can come down and get fresh vegetables from the farm. We did all of that. That's why it was it was sad when once he died and then the mm -hmm. family kind of started fighting amongst each other and fell apart over our the land. And you you know, have to keep that going, Roy. Yeah, and to see that legacy go down. Well, I mean, I had to kind of, I basically had to start over. I mean, our family, it got so bad to we kind of, we had to move away. I mean, um, yeah. to like pigs was getting poisoned and all kind of stuff. So we just had to basically move away and wow. start. And one of my aunts um, sold me the farm that I'm at now that y'all see on the thing. And That's I basically start back over here yeah, and I just, and, you, and that you did. Yeah, I rebuilt in the hit honor and uh I just been blessed. I mean, mm -hmm. I just been blessed. It is a blessing. I just I just um y'all need to make me an honorary honorary member of your family and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and buy my cooler so you can keep that going. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go ahead and get my cooler going and everything. So spread spread the rumor. Y'all got an honorary member of the family now. <laughs> I appreciate you so much, Roy, for this information. Um, and um, I'm going to put your information up. Do you have a website? No, we're in the process. We're working on it. Um, I do a lot of stuff right now just through my... Um, through your through area? My, yeah, through my Instagram and my uh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, like this summer, we'll be offering uh, like farm tours, something that we started at the end of this year and we kind of had to slow down for the pandemic. Um, yeah. But I will be offering uh, farm tours. We, we're not just going to be able to do them big as we wanted to do them before, you know. Yeah. Now, maybe now I'm going to have to break it down to like, you know, family at a time or something mm -hmm. like that. Like a field day. Protect everybody. Yeah. So, um, That'll be something that we'll be offering. That'll, that'll be showing up on my pages. Um, homesteading classes. It's mm -hmm. showing people basic gardening and all of that kind of stuff for the people that want to have them a homestead or grow herbs or mm -hmm. grow a fox, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm excited. Well, keep me about posted on that. Um, hopefully one day, um, Roy Mostly Farms and Urban Farming with Trish can collab on something. Uh, that would be great. Well, thank you, Roy. I'll talk to you soon. We're going to talk again. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Right. Thank you so much. All right.